Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bikini and the Brain. Today, I'm going to be going over the bikini criteria for 2024. Have things changed? Did they stick to the criteria at the Olympia? Is there anything we should be looking for that's going to be different in 2024 um, versus what they're saying and versus what they're judging? So let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's go in depth on this one. I am streaming this live on Instagram as well as on YouTube for today's Bikini and the Brain episode. Um, Ashley is still traveling back from Japan. Congratulations to Ashley, of course. She won the Hawaii Pro uh, and she also won the Japan Pro. So next week's episode, we're going to be going over some of our uh, stories and everything that went along with that hard prep. I mean, she was prepping since before the Olympia, rolled into Hawaii and then Japan. We're traveling all over the place, but everything is back to normal now. You'll expect to be seeing me back <laughs> in this, uh, back doing live streams, back doing show updates and whatnot, um, as I normally was before, before the travel season got so crazy before the Olympia. So I'll be back to that. I'll start actually with that tomorrow, going over the last few shows that I've missed and we'll jump into it. But I thought today, um, because I'm not with Ashley and I'm going to do a lot of talking on this one anyway. It would be a good time for me to jump into the judging criteria since there's so much that to, to cover on this. So please keep your guys' uh, questions coming uh, on the, especially on the YouTube live, because on Instagram, I'm not going to have access to the actual scrolling up on the comments since I'm going, um, doing this from the camera being far away and no one's, no one's uh, here in the office with me today on this one. So did the, I think the important thing to first go into is, did the judging criteria change based on what they were saying and what they were rewarding at the Olympia? Because that's where we run into a lot of discrepancies when we look at um, show to show. Okay. And I'm going to go into that as well. So what I'm going to say is this year in bikini, well, actually in, and honestly, in most of the divisions, I, I can say I'm the happiest I've ever been with them sticking to the criteria with them making it realistic for everyone to, to compete, um, especially in the entry-level divisions um, in, and in all divisions. I thought they did such a good job at sticking to the criteria. And so what's the, I think what's the, the difference and what's the takeaways from the Olympia and in terms of criteria speaking. Um, so one of them to, to look at is going to be not, you have to look at bikini, but you have to look at all the divisions too. One of the, one of the great stories of the Olympia this year was fitness division, you know, with fitness division and Taylor, getting second place at her first Olympia. I think looking at her physique was, and how she got second place with, with her physique, which this is no knock to her physique, but her physique doesn't look like a woman's physique competitor or, or more. Some of these, um, some of the, the fitness girls have always had this really high level criteria of how much muscle they needed to have. And how do you expect someone to do so good at the acrobatics that are needed for fitness with this very bodybuilder-esque physique, you know, when you have that much muscle, of course, you're not going to be able to do as much as a gymnast physique is going to have. That's, that's why gymnasts are built that way. The best Olympic, the best Olympians in the world, like the Olympic Olympians, um, in terms of gymnastics, they have a gymnast physique and they're able to do things that bodybuilders just can't do with their body, you know? And so it, I love that they gave her second. They said, Hey, we're going to reward the routine and, and the, the fitness part of it versus just the bodybuilding part of it. And I thought that was a huge step in the right direction for fitness. If we want fitness to be awesome again, and we want fitness to actually grow. We have to not have bodybuilders trying to do these fitness things. Like it's just never going to work. You're never going to be able to get, you know, big Rammy doing, doing somersaults down the thing. It's just, the more muscle you have, the harder that stuff's going to be. So if we want to see really, really impressive things, rewarding a physique like that was a huge step in the right direction. And it wasn't that it was necessarily a step in the right direction. 
It's that the physique that showed up had the best, they're going to reward the best routine period. And I think that that's an important takeaway. They're going to reward the people who, who they're, who are showing up. And that's where you run into the problems in bikini at these smaller shows is the judges will, and I've even had judges reach out to me because I do these reviews and they'll say, Hey, um, I just want you to know, like, this is what we had to, to, to pick from today. We're, we have to reward a more muscular physique. This is why everyone who showed up was crazy muscular. And the only people who were in condition were the muscular girls. So if you do a review, just know that going into it, like this is the, the, the people that we had there all showed up dry, hard, and super muscular. And then what happens is because they're rewarding those physiques, let's say some, in a, some obscure place, because they're rewarding those physiques, everyone's like, oh, the bikini criteria is changing again. Bikini criteria is changing again. And the poor judges, they have no, they have no option, right? And so that's where you run into these issues is the judges, they don't have the option. So they pick the best physique that they could reward that fit the, the criteria the closest, even though it would never be a top 10 physique at the Olympia. So the Olympia sets the standard. Okay, this is what we're going with. Um, this is the criteria and this is what we're going to be rewarding next year. Now, this year, okay, you have to take that into account. This year, will there be a more muscular, more lean, more conditioned athlete win a local show, like a, a regular show? Yeah, it's going to happen. Okay, it's not that they're going to change the criteria. It's that at, there's going to, there's like, you know, who knows how many shows, there's 70 or so shows in bikini worldwide. There's going to be someone at some of these shows, probably, probably like 5% of them, where they're going to be really dry, really muscular, but it's going to be the best girl they could pick from at that show, but she wouldn't get top 10 at the Olympia. And we saw that last year at the Olympia, the girls who were showing up that were winning these shows, these pro shows, dry, muscular, hard, right? Just like I said, you can mark my words and go back in my, my reviews. I said, this girl will not get top 10 at the Olympia looking like that, right? This girl will not get top 10 Olympia looking like that. It won't be rewarded at the Olympia. Things like that. I said, none of them were right. Who was rewarded? The people who, who fit the criteria best. So what is that criteria and how did they stick to it at the Olympia? Uh, and another takeaway from it too is looking at men's physique. You know, I was really happy with men's physique with Ryan Terry winning. They didn't reward just getting bigger, bigger, bigger. Another bodybuilder, another bodybuilder, another bodybuilder in board shorts, right? It was, get, it was you know, it's, it is a big division. It's way bigger than it, it, it was originally intended even now. But Ryan Terry, I don't feel is like a, a overly bodybuilder-like physique. He's got a small waistline. He looks still looks athletic. He still looks like he could do gymnastic type things, right? Just like we talked about in fitness. That's what the beach body of men's physique is supposed to be. Obviously at the Olympia level, you're supposed to push it a little bit. It's the Olympia level physique, just like bikini is supposed to be a very, uh, a higher level, a harder to obtain, um, physique in bikini because it's the Olympia level, right? It's going to change based on the levels that you're at. The local level, of course, will be, uh, NPC level is going to be a lot less muscular, a lot less lean than a Olympia level physique. An Olympia, a top, a top 10 Olympia physique might not even win an NPC show because they might be too muscular for the, for the NPC level that can happen when everyone there is, is softer and smaller. Someone can look too muscular, even though they fit the criteria. Technically, um, I was at a posing seminar this weekend, um, in Hawaii, which was really great. And I saw a girl and I was like, man, you look really, really good, but you might be for the local level. Like you might not be winning overalls because you're so powerful. Your clavicle width is so great. But when you get to the national level, you're going to fit right in. So don't even let that get to you. If you don't win the overalls, you're going to look awesome at the national level, get a pro card, and you're going to do great at the pro level um, because she was just so advanced on her physique, just starting. So, you know, these things all change. And I, I want to talk about that and put that out there because people will take one winner of a show and then just say, oh, I'm not doing bikini because they're too muscular now. And the girls are so crazy. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, that happens. And it has progressed. There's no denying that it is more muscular than it ever, it, it, it ever used to be. 
Um, but is it progressed to the point where it's unrealistic now? And I think that's where the, the question becomes. Um, I don't think it is. I think that they've reached a level and I, I'm really happy with how uh, how Tyler has kind of set a criteria over, which we're going to go over, how he's talked to the judges and he said, you know, I don't know. I'm not just, I don't want to put words in his mouth saying, hey, you know, this is too much. This is, I want to review the show pictures. I want to review why you picked this girl. Um, I want to review who the winners are um, and see if your guys are picking the right people. And I think that the judges have really been learning this year about bikini and said, Hey, I'm very, I'm sticking to the criteria. I understand the criteria. It's clear. Um, there's, there's accountability to it and they're, they're sticking to it really well. And this whole year they've really been like, kind of turned the, turn the corner somewhere around that, like after the Arnold time, I'd say, and all the judges were like almost relearning bikini and learning it again to where, Hey, this is the criteria. Uh, we're going to stick to it. And I got to give hats off to hats off to the, the, the upper management IFBB for saying, Hey, this is it. This is enough. We're not going to get them any more muscular. We're not going to get them any leaner. This is what we want in bikini. And here's the criteria. We're going to establish it. We're going to put it out there. We're going to give examples of it. And, um, I think they did a great job with it. And I'm not the guy to be like, you know, uh, sucking up to like the company brass, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not me. Uh, but I will say, we'll give it, uh, give, accolades when they're deserved and i would say the at the top they've been doing really really good job and at the olympia they they kind of reestablished it even more they said hey this is it this is where we're going so so what is the judging criteria and i want to go off the most recent judging criteria that was put out by tyler you can look up um, his instagram um, on instagram he has a video where he described this and i'm going to go into it a little bit more detailed feel free to ask the questions about the criteria as i go over it but um, some of the things that he went into or, and, and this is coming from his, 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 uh, description per, per, exactly. So, uh, what do you, what do the judges want to see? And it was slight roundness in caps to the delts. All right. So let's go into each line item. You guys ask your questions as, as we need to, and go into what we need to look for in a bikini competitor in 2024, because as in 2024, they stuck to it at the Olympia, you know, and if, you girls are getting past this stage and you're trying to show these things like the information's out there from Tyler. It's out there from me. It's out there from a lot of different sources and there's good descriptions in there. And if you guys are missing the, missing the boat here or your, your coach is pushing you farther and farther when they don't need to, um, you know, you need to make you make yourself aware of what you're doing wrong. You know, that's, it's out there now. Right. So, uh, slight roundness and cap to the delts. So what does that actually mean? Okay. That means you're getting you're going to see the shape of the delt. You're going to see that roundness shape to it, but it's not a fully crazy capped off delt where you're seeing like if you took an orange and put it put it on top of your shoulder there, right? And you just cut that, let's say you cut the orange in half and you just stuck it there. That would be a, a crazy capped off delt, right? There are some athletes that are showing, I think, a little bit too much capping to their delt that could be toned down and they can actually help their overall physique if they tone down. And I'll go over a couple examples of what I think when they come up in this, where it could be a little bit better. Um, for example, I went in my, my review in the Olympia review. And one of the things I thought Ashlyn could have done a little bit better, because I think her lower body is pretty much perfect. I think that the upper body just shows a little bit too much harshness, a little bit too much density on the shoulders and too much capping on the shoulders and a little bit more too much development on the arms. I think if she toned that down just a hair, it would make her fit the bikini criteria so much, uh, so much better, you know, and she's already doing really, really good, but I think she could bump up to the top five if she had just a little bit more of that bikini criteria softness to the upper body. Is that just genetically how she's made? Is that something she can fix this whole year? Maybe, you know, but it's, it's worth a look at it. I don't know if that's the feedback she got. That's for what I saw. 
in that. Now, um, looking into the, that, that, that'll give you a good example. Now, one of the other things you want to make sure of is when you're doing that, that you're not having overly striated shoulders too. Some people just naturally lean out a little bit more upper body and have too much striation in their shoulders. I think that's one of the things that hurt Jennifer last year when she was trying to um, trying to reach the, a better conditioning level was she just leans out a little bit faster up top than she does down low. That's what most women do. She happens to be a, a more extreme case of that. And her shoulders would get, got crazy strided. And I think that that did hurt her a little bit. Her shoulders were a little too capped off, a little too strided. It was, it didn't hurt her a lot, but it was just a little bit too much. And we're talking, you know, winning first or second, you know, that's, that could be the little things that make a, a difference. If you look at Maureen, Maureen has a very beautiful skin tone to her, a very great look, like a shine to her skin tone. And that's where she has that great fullness without crazy density and, and separation of her muscles. I was in a podcast with, with her um, before the Olympia and she said, I just don't get ripped. That's just not my body. My, my skin's too thick. It's just, I just don't get that crazy ripped look. And that works huge for her in her favor in bikini. That's why she has that glow to her physique, just awesome skin tone, right? So, and that's something that people don't, really talk about is like the texture of skin. Hers is, is awesome. It's like probably the best, right. In, in terms of like top 20 girls, just the texture and just like the, the, it's like subtle skin, right. It's very nice and it just looks bouncy and, and doesn't show crazy deep separation of muscle detail. And it's just a really good look. Right. And that's just something that's going to be genetic. Um, can you find a level of conditioning to maximize that for you? Yes. If you have an overly grainy physique, can you do something about that? Yes, just don't come in as tight, you know, fill out a little bit more, maybe intentionally spill, maybe intentionally inflame. Like there's all these options that are going to be more advanced options to kind of get close to that. But that's going to be pretty much the standard criteria if you're looking at what the top level like texture of skin is looking, the top level of detail is looking like. And if you look at Maureen, you don't look at her and say, oh, damn, she's overly crazy muscular. She's overly crazy dense. There's not crazy separation. Like that's not something um, you're going to look at her and be like, oh, she's very fit. She's a very fit girl. She looks like, you know, she's going to the beach and she prepped for the beach. You know, she's lean, but she's not like this crazy bodybuilder where you'd look at like, man, that girl must lift weights like all the time, like crazy. Like if you saw her on the beach and that's what bikini is supposed to be like. Bikini is supposed to be like someone who's going on a beach vacation. They work out and maybe they prepped for a month to go to the beach and like lean out a little. That's the, in theory, that's what bikini is supposed to be in reality bikini is nowhere near anything like that. Right. But that's the, that's the theory. That's the takeaway that they say, uh, bikini should be like now let's go into the next one. So the next one is a tight and flat core. So we'll go into the, the what they want to see and also what they don't want to see when we're in the same, like, um, the same area. So a tight and flat core. Um, what does that mean? What's well, pretty self-descriptive there, right? A tight and flat core where you're having a, a very flat stomach where there's really good conditioning, but it doesn't mean you're having crazy etched in abs. Okay. So that's going to be the difference. Now the core itself is a very large area. You know, the taller you get, the larger the area is too. We're talking, it's almost a third of your body, right? So do you want some detail on that area? Cause it's a very big area to have as a completely blank canvas, you know? And in my experience, when someone has a completely blank canvas, no sign of any abs, no sign of any, um, obliques, just a, a flat stomach, it's not enough. It looks, and it, what, what I get on feedback from judges is, oh, she needed to be better conditioned, even if she didn't really need to be better conditioned, because what happens is it looks a little soft. It looks like they're not conditioned if there's no detail there at all. So you have to find the balance from um, criteria of, you have to find the balance of criteria from um, 
too much etching of the abs to a little bit of detail on the abs to no detail at all, right? So it's it's that in between that's going to be perfect. And that's pretty much where everything's going to be in bikini, right? Not too much, not too little. Find that perfect, find that perfect area. So um, that's that's pretty much it with the with that. Now, the other thing that I think is going to be important to talk about is to make sure you're also doing the right exercises that you're not going to be, um, you know, using a lot of your obliques in the exercises. You're not um, using these like heavy compound exercises to get your obliques bigger. In bikini, we're trying to put together this like perfectly balanced physique that is um, in the that is that is perfect from upper lower body, but also like the ratios have to be as crazy as possible. So the shoulders the waist, the hips, right? So the shoulders, waist, hip ratio is going to be something big in bikini. Now, if you can get your waistline two inches smaller, then what does that do? Well, it makes your shoulders look two inches bigger, right? The ratios get crazier. So the exercise selection that you use in bikini and the tricks that you do for bringing that waistline down are going to be some of the biggest impacts of that last total package. So exercise selection, the foods that you eat, how, how soft you get in the off season or not, you know, if you're one of these competitors who are putting on, you know, 30, 40 pounds in the off season, your waistline is going to pay for a price of that when you get back on stage. You know, unless you're in shape, shape for a very, very long time before you get back on stage, you're probably going to be paying the price for it. Think bodybuilders and think about the bodybuilding era when everyone was saying, oh, they all have bubble guts and they all have um, these, you know, these bubble guts, right? What was going on in that area, right? Was it, are they taking, and everyone was like, oh, they're taking steroids and it was a steroid thing. It wasn't a steroid thing because it's not like bodybuilders now are taking less steroids than they were then, right? So what changed were now the bubble guts aren't of conversation like they were before. Well, what happened a lot of it was the food volume has changed. In the off-season to the in-season, bodybuilders are staying leaner because they realize, hey, when I blow up in the off-season and I'm e eating you know, 6,000 calories a day, <clears throat> the um, my waistline isn't as tight as it, it is uh, when I'm staying leaner, right? I'm my, my, my gut isn't blown out like it was before. So for us to think that that doesn't apply in bikini to in some manner to some minor manner is just foolish right it's just giving ourselves excuses to blow up in the off season saying oh i'm going to be i'll be just the same as i was last time even though i put on 40 pounds right it's not going to happen right you're going to have a little bit of price you're going to pay from having that 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 stomach expanded a little bit right so um something that you could take into account is going to be that it's going to be the foods that you eat if you think that you're going to have the smallest waistline just macro dieting and eating foods from anywhere with any digestion rate of, of any food whatsoever versus someone who's eating clean and eating foods that agree with their body. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right. <laughs> good luck with it. So it's supposed to be hard guys. And that's the thing is it's not going to be, you're never going to get to that top level, an easy route. There's not going to be a, a path of least resistance to get you the best results. It's going to be generally the path of most resistance to get you the best results. That's generally how it's going to work. And that's how it works in all things in life. Right. So, um, with, with that, you know, one of the things is going to be, you know, keeping your waistline tight, practicing your vacuum exercises, keeping your core tight, um, picking, you know, uh, eating the right foods, eating, not blowing up in the off season, things like that are all going to make a, make a difference on that. And if you look at like the top, top girls, they're all, you know, for the most part, besides a couple outliers you'll have that are really genetically gifted, um, will be staying pretty lean in the off season. And that's been more of a thing to, to that's been happening over the last, you know, few years. Um, I would say since like, really since like 2000, 18, it's really been uh, a common practice, 2019, staying leaner in the off season. So, all right, going on to the next thing is full roundness in glutes with slight separation of the hamstrings and the tie-ins. Again, these are coming from Tyler's. Um, if you are watching on Instagram, just know I'm doing this live on YouTube. There's better audio there. Um, but 
What does that mean? Full round glutes with slight separation of the hamstrings and tie-ins. And how does that actually apply to me? How can I impact? How can I use this? Right? So full round glutes. Okay. So basically get your glutes as big as you can get them without overpowering your physique, with still having balance and without squaring them off. Okay. So what does a squared off glute mean? Well, it means that that upper outer edge of the glute now turns fully square. There's, you're no longer having that nice roundness to the glute. Now there is a difference between maxing out the glute and still having some good roundness to it to also having that full squared off glute. Like you'll see, um, in like when you get to like the bodybuilder level physique, right? So you remember, we still have to maintain those feminine lines. It can't get past the point of those feminine lines where it gets into like bodybuilder or uh, women's physique looking physiques, right? We want fitness model bikini. You're not going to have fitness models that are women's physique athletes, right? Supplement companies really don't. And that's why you see like differences in who supplement companies really kind of go with. You might have like a really hardcore supplement company go with like a woman's physique athlete, but for the most part, they're picking bikini athletes. And for the most part, they're telling bikini athletes like, Hey, when you come to the photo shoot, we don't want you in stage shape. We want you like eight weeks out to 12 weeks out conditioning when you're doing these photo shoots for our supplements, because we want a fitness model looking physique. We don't want a bodybuilder looking physique, right? And that's the same thing applies in bikini as a criteria. Anytime your muscles are showing too much separation, too much detail, you're passing the point of that bikini. Just like the supplement companies don't make you marketable, the IFBB is not going to reward the overly powerful physiques when they have the option of choosing between um, the physiques that fit the criteria better, right? So separation of the hamstring is a big one. It's, a easy, it's an easy one, even for a coach who really doesn't like know that much. It's this vertical separation of the hamstrings. If the hamstrings are vertically separating, if you're seeing the hamstring, like the ham ropes between them, Ashley calls them the ham ropes, where you're seeing like the individual muscles, you're too lean. You're too lean or you're not muscular enough and they're not, there's not enough muscle there for you to see the, like to get that nice round hamstring. You want that like roundness of the hamstring to be basically a solid piece, like a solid roundness of the hamstring. And then you could see the, the separation on like the sides of the hamstring where the hamstring's protruding out of the back of the leg. But you don't want to see like these crazy vertical separation lines, right? You don't want to see, um, you know, feathering of the quad. You want to see, or of the, of the, of the hamstring. You want to see just a little bit of roundness. If there's a kiss of detail, a kiss of that vertical separation, then yeah, if the girl's really developed, you know, and she's lean, you might have that. Um, but in terms of, of what we're looking for, that's what we're looking for. Now, the other thing that they, they don't want to see is a, a, a etched in tie-in, right? And that's what a lot of girls are going too far with is that etched in tie-in. And the etched in tie-in, it's a hard one to describe. But the way I like to, to talk about it is let's say you got the glute, right? And you took the glute off and you just put it on that person like it's Play-Doh. And the, the line would be on top of the, of the, of the leg, right? The line would just be on top. You just play doh it, play doh on a glute. That's what the etched in tie at that bottom of that, where you see that full separation line, you see like that full, like dent. If, if you were to put, uh, or I guess, I guess that layer you'd see of, of Play-Doh before you got to the leg, that's a full etched in tie-in. You want to see some, those lines should blur together. Those lines should not be fully etched all the way around the bottom of the tie-in. They should blur together one smooth thing where you can kind of see it, but it's not like someone took granite and they just like carved it out and etched it in like that. Right. So just think of that as when you're, when you're going into, um, when you're, when you're going into, you know, getting, fitting your criteria and, uh, and looking at those final touches, um, especially if you're a coach, because they are sticking to the criteria. If you guys think that you're going to be winning pro cards for your athletes as coaches by just pushing it farther and farther and farther, 
you might in the right scenario, like if the wrong people don't show up, you know, or if the, or if the right people show up, I guess you'd say, um, to the show and they don't ruin your day, you might. But um, you're going to, if you, if you want to be successful long-term, you're going to want to bring this criteria and stop stop pushing it so far. Um, and then that's where things get carried away. You know, as I said, again, you know, if someone wins a show looking crazy tight, then what happens is then the next show, like people come in crazy tight and then the judges are screwed because they can only pick between the crazy tight girls. And then it looks like it pushes it again. And then what happens is the Olympia comes around and then they say, hey, no, this was always the criteria and you came in too lean. And that's why you're placing 16th place at the Olympia because you want to show on a based on a criteria that doesn't exist because that's who showed up at that show in wherever, you know, wherever that case may be, whether it's one of these obscure places that there's only, you know, six competitors on the list or something, right? So um, those things happen. It's going to happen again this year. So don't get confused, guys. Don't get confused, coaches. It's going to happen again this year. There's too many bikini pro shows for, for you know, let's say 70 bikini pro shows for 70 girls to show up 100% right, right, to fit that criteria in all places of the world. It's just not going to happen. They just have to pick who the best is that day that fits the criteria best. All right. So what is the next one? This one's a confusing one. This is the hourglass shape. Okay. We've been hearing a lot about this nice hourglass shape. People have been calling it the S curve shape. Um, this is what we're looking for versus an X frame. Okay. So there are X frame girls out there who still do well in bikini. Isa would be a good example of that. And what is the difference of an X frame versus a hourglass shape? Well, if you need to see an hourglass shape, I mean, you could look at Jennifer as being pretty much the criteria of that hourglass shape really, really round hips, wide hips, right? Small waistline, great clavicle base, very hourglass shape. You're not looking at it as um, like pieces are put on it, right? And that's um, one of the ways, actually I got that from Ashley, is that how she describes an hourglass shape. It's like, we're looking at like pieces. Like we talked about Play-Doh sticking it on someone, like you stick on a lat, a high lat, and it X's out. Um, you stick on a, a wide shoulder and it X's out. You flare the lat in the front pose. You um, flare the lats in the back pose, really, exaggerating that that x frame thinking that you're going into an hourglass shape um that's going to be one of the things that really kind of pushes your shape to an x frame is the posing of it right and how wide you're having the lat now can you open up your lat a little bit and kind of cheat it maybe if your physique um if it applies to your physique um, but it shouldn't look like you're opening your lat and you're seeing that now being such a big part of it the posing is so so important the posing is is actually, it's even more, I've always known posing is important, but this year I found out how important it was at the Olympia. It's more important than even I thought about how important the posing was. It's crazy important, right? Um, and the, the, the perfect example of that is Laura Lee, right? And um, I was actually talking on the phone with Sandy about this, about Laura Lee. Um, she said, you know, her posing was so good and her stage presence was so good and all the boxes checked for so many things, but she was just a little too muscular, right? And she's right. You know, all the boxes did check, you know, her, her, her feminine lines, her beauty, her stage presence, her, her X factors were all like, you know, one or two, one or two, right. Number one or two. Right. So her physique, I would have had it a little lower this year because she was too muscular. I would have probably had her like in the eighth place range. Right. But when you take into that, that how important the posing is, how important the wow factor of when she comes out on stage and the stage presence, she kills everyone. You know, I mean, she's just, she's the, she's the best poser there was on stage. There's just no denying that she had the most, like the most eyes were drawn to her when she came out. She owns the stage, super confident, right? It was just a, it's just a, it's hard to describe that, but that's how important it is in posing. And you guys need to be practicing with the right posing coaches to especially to pose your, it's a one to pose your physique, right? Because no one's going to be perfect. You know, I feel like because I do talk about, um, 
the criteria a lot. I bring up Jennifer's name a lot, um, which is on, you know, and I, I try to do it in the best light as I can, but she's, you know, the top girl. So she's going to be brought up a lot. And I say a lot, oh, her physique isn't balanced from upper to lower body. Right. But the thing is, no one is, is balanced perfectly upper to lower body, body parts, front to back, whatever the case may be. No one is perfectly balanced. I will say Ashley's very, very close to it. Um, but it's taken years and years to get there, but no, even she is not perfectly balanced. Right. So it's, it's how you're going to pose. You have to pose for balance. And that's where having a really good posing coach comes in. That's where, um, you know, coming down to posing seminars comes in and just getting your stage time, um, getting stage time on stage where you could practice and, and, and eventually get to the point with like a Laura Lee where she can just own the stage. That's how important it is, you know? And, um, and, and even Sandy said in the podcast where I did earlier, I, I talked about her podcast that she did um, with the FemFlex Friday. She even said, you know, people were saying she should have placed lower, but you have to take all those things into account. And, you know, that's how important it is. So you guys, you got to be practicing that posing. If you think you're just going to practice a week before your show, two weeks before your show, good luck, right? Because you're going to have, you might lose the show and be like, hey, the girl who beat me, I am way better physique than her. Yeah, maybe she did, but she owns the stage and you looked very manila folder, right? So um, that is a factor in, in, in judging. I was shocked at how important it was because we're talking the Olympia level, someone moving up probably four or five spots because their posing routine was so good. Like let that sink in. That's how important posing is. And that's how important. And that's how important I think it was last year too with Jennifer. I think that she didn't pose for the best balance last year. I think that her shoulders were a little too bladed, like a little too churned where she didn't help balance her upper to lower body width. I think with her opening up her a little bit more and, and showing more shoulder width, it balances her better from upper to lower body. And it actually doesn't display her imbalances. It, it shows, it looks, she looks a lot more balanced. She posed as close to balance as she could have posed this year. And she won. She posed as close to balance as she could have two years ago. And she won. She posed a little more bladed, right? The last year and she lost, she got second place, still really good, but she could have probably won all three had her posing been a little bit different there too. And had her shoulders not been so capped off the last year too. I think those are the two things that really hurt her. Now, um, going into the next thing, the, uh, the conditioning, this is the important part of the conditioning. So she, they want nice conditioning that displays muscle fullness. Okay. So what does he mean when he says nice conditioning that displays muscle fullness? Well, well, what that means is fullness is the roundness and kind of a little bit of a softness to the muscle, not conditioning that displays hardness, graininess, separation to the muscle. It's very important how he words that. He gave uh, some good examples of that, but it does require full, a further dive. So when you look at, um, and this is some of the things that I think when you look at, um, and I, I, I hate bringing up names, which is easy to visually see it. Um, I think that Amy could be better at is that her fullness of her legs, sometimes her fullness of her legs is it crosses over to that graininess of her legs, right? Where it looks too detailed, too dense in that quad. That's where, and her finding that perfect balance is where she gets to the top three of the Olympia, right? But it's sometimes it's too full and too big. And sometimes it's too grainy and too detailed and too dense looking. And that's going to come down to the conditioning of the muscle and the overall development of the muscle. But, but at this stage, it's pretty much the conditioning of the muscle, right? If you walk out and you're walking from right when you get back that, uh, past the curtain and you walk to the front, if the judges are seeing quad striations, every time you take a step, then yeah, you're going to, um, look too dense, too lean, too strided, right? You're going to get marked down for that. And at a level like the Olympia, where you have 
a Jennifer who has no striations in her quads whatsoever, a Maureen with no striations in her quads whatsoever, and Ashley with very, very few striations because they like her a little bit leaner. Um, you're not going to be able to get away with that, right? It's going to it's going to stand out in a bad way. So finding that perfect balance is going to be the key. Conditioned tight without conditioned hard, right? That's a big difference, a big difference. So um, yeah, so that's something to look forward to in terms of your overall conditioning. They want full muscles this year. Um, well, actually last, really last two years, they really wanted full muscles. And what does that fullness mean? And I think fullness becomes a little bit of a, it's kind of a bad word. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to call, I'm going to call it the F word. The fullness is the F word because the problem is with judges and judges, you could take this as some critique for your uh, feedback. When you say muscle fullness, it means so many different things that athletes perceive it the wrong way, probably a, a large majority of the time. So what does muscle fullness mean? Right? Cause I'll get a girl who will come back to me and say, Oh, uh, the judges said I needed to be fuller. And so I, I just needed more. Well, they'll say I needed more carbs. I wasn't full enough. And then I was like, well, what did they say? They said that you needed more carbs and you weren't full enough. They'll say, no, I just needed to be fuller. I'm like, okay, well, let's break that down. Does the judge know who you are? And have they seen you when you're flat versus when you're carved up? And they'll say, no, this is the first, this is the first time they've seen me. I'm like, okay. So you don't have a personal relationship with them. You don't know them from in a gym. They've never seen you flat versus full. They're just saying you need to be fuller. She's like, yeah. And you, I'm like, and did they say anything about your carbs? <laughs> she said, no. Like, okay, fuller <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean you're carb depleted and needed to fill out more on your frame in terms of your carb load and your glycogen stored in the muscle. Fuller can also mean you need to fill out your frame a little more with actual muscle tissue, not just carbs, right? So that's where fullness becomes two different things, right? It's muscle fullness actual skeletal tissue, right? Muscle tissue. So actual tissue um, versus carb loading and being fuller. Those can both mean this like fullness. Those can both be described as fullness. And then someone will say, you need to fill out your frame a little bit more, right? Which, you know, means you need to put on more muscle or they say you need to be fuller, means you need to put on more muscle, or maybe you were flat. The judges don't know if you're flat unless they have a reference for you. So if you're at a stage of like, you know, these top 10 Olympians I keep bringing up, the judges are going to see you a lot and they're going to be able to say, yeah, you need to be fuller in terms of your carb load needed to be more. You're a little flat today, right? That's where that is where they'll, they'll say that because they, they know who you are. They have experience with who you are. They've seen you in all different types of shape. Then it has a little more credibility with, Hey, you need to have more carbs. If you're an NPC athlete trying to go to a, uh, you know, get a pro card and the judge says you need to be fuller, they probably don't know what you look like when you're flat. It's really unlikely they know what you look like when you're flat, unless you have a competed in front of them, you know, four times and they've seen you looking that full with the carbs, then, you know, they're just saying fuller in terms of muscle, most likely. So if you're an athlete, a judge says that, try to define it from what the judge says. And if you're a judge, you know, if, if you know someone who's flat, say, you know, you're flat, instead of saying you need to be fuller, if you know someone's flat because they need more carbs, say, hey, you need to be, you're a little flat today, you need more carbs to fill out. So they have a better definition of it because that's what always comes back on the coach's end of it. So um, that's what's one of the things. So that that fullness is a big part of that criteria. That's that softer, glowing, looks like you pumped it up with a, with an, uh, a water balloon, right? A water balloon fullness where it's just round and full and there's no like detail in it. Um, that's what you want. You want no striations, no vascularity, no detail. He specifically said, doesn't want to see crazy vascularity either. And that's what happens when people get too lean. Um, you're going to see a lot more vascularity. Are you going to have 
um, an arm vein vascularity? Yeah, everyone has that. Do you want deep ab veins going all the way up? And that's probably going to hurt you uh, in today's bikini where they're looking for that ultimate fitness model physique. If genetically you have that, well, that's a problem. You're going to have to figure out a way around it. Um, you know, a little bit of ab, a little bit of vein here and there is great, but crazy vascularity, it will be marked down. Um, now the other thing that we talked about that he's, he talked about is femininity, right? So the femininity is going to go in part with the overall conditioning, right? Does someone who's crazy shredded with their jawline showing right and deep cheekbones, is that a feminine healthy look to you? Does that like embody a, a beautiful feminine woman? It doesn't, right? So let's not pretend it does. Uh, let, you know, that's going to be part of the criteria. Beauty flow is judged in the criteria when we talk about everything skin tone, um, skin texture, complexion, right? Um, you know, all those things are part of the judge criteria. And I think that is something that the, the judges are very um, much rewarding. You know, if, if, let's just put it out there, if there's someone, let's say, has some bad coaches putting them on a bunch of juice and stuff and they're getting these crazy jaw lines, right? It's not going to be rewarded in bikini. It's, it's, it's a, it's a judge part of the criteria. They want to maintain the fullness of it. They want to maintain the health of the sport. And I think that that is a very fair thing to do is keep judging on the, on the femininity of this division specifically. So of all divisions, but of this division specifically, even more. So, um, that is, uh, you know, the, the things of the judging criteria, of what they want to see. There's a couple of things I peppered in there of things they don't want to see, um, but I'll go into what they don't want to see here too. Now would be a good time to ask your questions on YouTube. Um, feel free on Instagram too, but again, I'm far away from the camera, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to, to get to those ones because I can't really see them. They're coming in quite a bit. Um, but um, looking, at the, looking at a couple of the questions, the main one is... Okay, so square glutes, but no tie-ins, no quads. Basically, want girls. Um, sorry, they misspelled the word. It's a deeper, more and more. Sorry, can't really. They, but yeah. So basically, full glutes, right? Without squaring off the glutes, not crazy quads where they're too dense or too full. Um, it is, you know, when you start putting things out there and you start putting it all in the criteria together. You're like, man, this is really hard to do. Yeah, it's supposed to be really hard to do. You're trying to reward a world champion at a sport, at a professional sport. It's not supposed to be easy, guys. It's not supposed to be this easy criteria where you just lift weights and all of a sudden you fit the bikini criteria. So you're going to go through stages of bikini. You're going to go through your first year of building and they're just going to call that bodybuilding, right? You're just lifting everything. You might even still be training chest at that point. You're just bodybuilding. Then your next stage, you're like, I want to compete in bikini. Okay, now you need to go into Bikini building, right? Bikini building is going to be, I'm focusing on the exercises that are specific to my division. Yeah, I'm not going to have crazy quads. I'm going to have some quads, but I'm not going to have crazy quads. I'm not going to train chest anymore because I don't need pec separation. Why would the heck would I be wasting time training chest in bikini? I don't want these crazy deep lats. I do want some roundness to my lats. I don't want these crazy developed big arms, right? Because that's not going to be helpful in bikini. So that's bikini building. You go into the next stage of from bodybuilding. You start, you get your base. You then go into bikini building, which is, okay, I want big glutes. I want round hamstrings. I don't want overly developed quads. I don't want overly developed arms. So your workout routine will change quite a bit based on that criteria. Now, I will say um, it, gets, it gets a little boring in bikini building and bikini sculpting even more so because you've got to remember you're removing so many exercises to target specific exercises. 
it gets a little repetitive and mundane and that's just part of it. You guys need to understand you're not training like bodybuilders. So because you're not training like bodybuilders, you're going to have less muscle groups to train, right? Bodybuilders have every single muscle needs to be big, round, muscular, uh, vascular, deep separation, detailed. At certain points in bikini, you're going to pull back on, on muscle groups. You're going to pull back on your arms. You're not going to train your chest. You're probably pull back on your, on your lats at a certain point. You might pull back on your shoulders that get too developed. You might pull back on your quads. What are you left with? <laughs> you're left training glutes. You're left training hamstrings. And you're probably going to be left training shoulders for most of you, right? But at a certain point, it gets pretty fine-tuned, repetitive, and you're targeting the same exercises over and over again. Sorry, guys. It's it's that's part of it. If you think you're going to do this in a health and fitness way, where these people are like, "Oh, I want to change my workout up every time I go to the gym because it's fun," I'm like, "Well, then you don't want to do bikini. You want to do health and fitness. Bikini building is very specific to the sport of bikini." Sorry, you know, if I'm training for, um, let's say a uh, a long jump, am I going to be doing many things outside of the the realm of long jumping? <laughs> right? I'm going to be pretty much training every single thing to be better at a long jumping at long jumping. Right? Same thing with every sport. Bikini is no different. You're not going to be able to do bikini in a health and fitness format. You're like, oh, I want to want to do CrossFit. It's going to be fun for me. And I want to do bikini. Well, good luck. You're not going to go very far. Like you need to very understand that this is very specific to the sport. It's very dialed in. Um, there's not a lot of room of play. And this sport is very, very defined. It's probably the hardest division to do. Honestly, it's this and wellness are like the hardest divisions to do because of the, the mental side of things in terms of you're going to the gym to train glutes again today going to the gym to train hamstrings again today. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, shoulders and lats, maybe <laughs> like it's, it's repetitive and it's the same exercises all the time. And, um, that's the, because you only have so many to pick from and you have to work all areas of the glutes. So yeah, guys, I'm sorry about that, but it's, it's, that's part of it. Um, now looking at the things that they don't want to see, which we've gone over, but let's go over exactly what, uh, as, as Tyler did in the video. And again, he did a great video. You could watch it. I'm doing this after the Olympia because they stuck to the criteria as he listed it pretty much perfectly. I mean, they couldn't have done any better really with, uh, with who they picked. But the great thing about who they picked in the Olympia is that um, even Sandy said any of the top three could have, could have won and she would have been fine with it. But look at the top three, three different physiques, three completely different physiques. Ashley's a little bit more on the athletic side, a little bit leaner. Jennifer's more curvy, more round, a little bit of a wider frame, a more of a medium builder frame. Ashley has more of a petite frame. Maureen sits kind of in the middle, but she's not crazy ripped. Her skin's really thick. She doesn't have that deep graininess to her physique, just beautiful flow to her physique, right? These are three different physiques. So isn't that awesome that in bikini, you can do bikini with any physique. You have Issa, who's got more of an X frame, right? Who's still doing really well, top five. Um, you know, so bikini is awesome because it doesn't really limit anyone's structure yeah, your structure is going to matter and how you're rewarded at the very top level. Genetically, things are going to matter, right? How wide are your hips? How small is your waist, your clavicle base? How's everything round out? Things like that, that you can't really control. But every structure can do very good in bikini. So I think that that's awesome about bikini because if you look at bodybuilding, not every structure can do good in bodybuilding, right? It's big guys, period, right? Big guys, period. That's it, right? A guy who was always big in high school, a guy who was always big, who put on a lot of muscle easily, like always walked around with muscle. If he didn't work out, he'd still be really muscular, right? More than the average guy. And that's who wins bodybuilding, right? But in bikini, you have all sorts of girls doing it. I think that's awesome about, about bikini. All right. So some of the things that they don't want to see, we talked about was the overly capped, dense or strided shoulders, right? So we went into that examples of that, of what we're looking for. Yeah. You're going to have some detail on your shoulders. You're going to have a little bit of striations, 
uh, when you're working out, right? You're going to see some striations, but when you're on stage, you should have very, very little striations, very, just maybe a kiss of detail on those shoulders, but not any crazy, um, sa separation and, and detail on those shoulders. Um, arms too thick was another one that he went over that people don't talk about too, too much in bikini. Your arms can get too big in bikini. They can get, um, overly powerful where you're seeing like one large piece of, of kind of meat going down the, the shoulder to arm and one, like one, one line where there's no lines in the shoulders because the arms are so big that there's not, it takes away from the shoulder roundness, right? So you want to make sure you don't get your shoulders too big where you start impacting that. And you, you want to have feminine, um, fitness model arms, not bodybuilder type arms, or even, um, you know, or women's physique like arms. You don't, you're not flexing your arms on stage. You just want some nice rounded shoulders, some tone to your arms. They can't be small, skinny arms. They have to have some development, but they can't be, um, overly powerful. Uh, we went over this on the six pack, the no etching of the stick six pack, a kiss of detail is big difference between etched deep turtle shell abs, right? You don't want to have those thick turtle shell abs, a little bit of detail though. I think it's important to have a little bit of detail because that's too big of a piece of canvas to not have some detail, um, in that midsection, um, no squared glutes. We went into that, not too much density of the quads or else you'll start looking like mini wellness. And I think people get this one confused a lot because we'll say mini wellness, she looks mini wellness. And then they'll take a picture of the girl we're talking about. And then they'll put her next to a wellness girl say, she's not wellness at all. Well, that's why we said mini wellness. <laughs> it's not wellness. We're just giving an example of its past bikini and it looks too dense and it looks too much for bikini. It's too rounded out. It's not, we're not saying she's a wellness competitor or she should be doing wellness, right? We're not saying she should cross over saying, Hey, she's a little too developed. It looks like mini or junior wellness, right? Where she passed, she's in that middle stages of bikini and wellness right? You don't want to see like quad sweeps from the back, right? Specifically from the back is where you're seeing a lot of that. And that's where Tyler actually mentioned that too. We'll go into that, but he said no quad sweep in the back pose. Basically girls quads are getting so big. You're starting to see the quad sweep from the, from the back pose where you're seeing that muscle, um, the quad muscle from the front actually in the back, right? You're seeing the roundness from the back overpowering that the hamstring pose and actually outlining the glutes in a bad way where you're seeing the, the, the quads stick out farther than the glute line, right? Something in bikini you don't really want to see is that quad line sticking out farther than the glute line. It should be in in good proportion and a, a nice a nice rounding in to that. So um, when we talk about the uh, the the quad development, that's a that's a tricky one because you want developed quads. You just don't want deep detailed quads. You don't want um, the quads squaring off at the bottom of the quad. You just want nice flow to the quads. It's a trickier thing, but you do need fullness without separation detail density. So. Um, tricky one, but, um, you know, that's where your coach is going to come in and tell you where the, the right place to pull the trigger is on lifting more or take away. Um, and that's where, you know, a higher level coach, if you're trying to move up the ranks, it just makes sense, you know, cause they can see these things that other people have to like, okay, what did Tyler say? Is this too much? Is this not too much? I got to call Tyler. I got to call whoever, like, this is something you, you really should be able to walk away from any show, any level of show. If you're the coach and not need the judge's feedback, you should be like, yeah, I'll tell you what the problem is right here. Go ahead and get the feedback, but this is it. This should be, that should be your expertise and what you could visually see with no problems. Um, so looking at, uh, the next one is deep separation, graininess or hardness to the physique, no deep separation in the quads in the walk, no deep edged hamstring tie-ins, no, um, no striations, which I think I covered that well in the beginning in the judging criteria, when we talked about the quads and the hamstrings, um, and then no X frame flaring of the lats, et cetera, which, which is, again, we talk about the importance of posing. The importance of posing on this is huge. Practice, practice, practice your posing. 
get a good posing coach who is up to date with their posing. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade at anyone or anything like that, but you sometimes have these posing coaches who were, let's say, figure competitors or um, women's bodybuilder competitors are like, oh, I'm teaching bikini posing. And I'm like, maybe they're really good. Maybe they're a, the very, they're studious and they understand it very well. But you also have some um, that are just kind of getting people through it because they know the basics. But they don't know the intricacies of it. You also have posing coaches who might have been pros, let's say, like they got a pro card 10 years ago. And they kind of just do posing for like side money, but they're not deeply invested in the sport where they can say, oh, this changed. They're not opening their elbows up enough, like as much as they were two years ago. Oh, they're standing more, uh, more profile now than they were before. Because now in, in 2024, you are getting more girls that are sitting a little bit more bladed in their front pose than they were the last two years where they were fully opened up on their front pose because they're trying to emphasize the hourglass shape now, right? You have to be really, really invested in this. And I learned like, at not every show, but like a lot of shows, how bikinis posing is changing all the time. So you need a good posing coach. I'm not saying this as a posing coach, like hire me or anything. I don't do posing coaching. So there you go. But there's a lot of really good posing coaches out there who can do, um, do this for you. You know, um, Phoebe would be a good, good example of that in the posing portal. They're staying up to date. We go over things all the time. I cover things with her all the time. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of people who could help you with these things that, um, you need to pick the right people. You know, it's important because I see a lot of girls who have a posing coach show up to these NPC level shows, even national level shows, and their posing's terrible. And I'm like, guys, my posing seminars are free. <laughs> There's no excuse for you not to be a good poser. I do posing seminars all over the country for free, like 50 weeks out of the year. So I don't, I don't know how you're not getting good posing in at this point. Find someone who can help you pose right. Because as we talked about earlier, it is the probably one of the most important things now. Uh, I mean, it's it's so much more important than even I thought. So pose, pose, pose. It's absolutely critical. Um, tons of good resources out there for you. Make sure you're posing with someone who's current, who is cares about the sport, who cares about seeing the, and learning every every week. Um, it's going to be an important thing. So uh, with that, guys, I think I covered it quite well. Next week, expect to see um, Ashley back. We should have a fun podcast for you. I thought this one was actually um, this was actually pretty fun do this. I didn't know. I didn't really know too much of, of how fun this is going to be, but I had a good time with it. Thank you guys all for Instagram. This is live on YouTube. It'll also be on the podcast if you want to hear it with better audio. I know it's not so great on my phone over there, but thank you guys always. As always, teamelitephysique.com for worldwide online contest prep with us. And I will talk to you next time.